Welcome back to Oliver's Insights, part of the Simplifying Investing podcast series. It's great to have you here. A reminder that this podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is provided as a guide only. And with that out of the way, here's Shane. G'day everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Oliver's Insights podcast series. Yet again, it seems that the Australian residential property market is surprising with its resilience and defying forecasts for sharp falls. After falling 9.1% from their high in April last year to their low in February, national average home prices rose another 0.5% in April after a 0.6% gain in March and are up by 1.2% from their February low. Sydney has led the charge with a 1.3% rise in April and in fact is up 3% since January. So we've seen quite a sharp turnaround in the fortunes of the residential property market in the last few months. Solid auction clearance rates, signs of a turn up in housing finance and a pickup in upper end property prices provide confirmation of this upswing. We had thought that after a brief bounce, prices would resume their downswing as higher interest rates continue to impact, but it is looking increasingly likely that prices have bottomed as a deteriorating demand supply imbalance. By that I mean surging demand, constrained supply dominates the impact of higher interest rates. As such, a forecast for a top to bottom fall of 15 to 20% out to this later this year is looking too pessimistic. And we have revised up our property forecasts as a result of that. However, the current property market dynamics of a sharp rise in interest rates and a slowing economic growth environment, but strong underlying demand and constrained supply are very unusual. So the risk of another down leg remains quite high. This note looks at these conflicting dynamics. The worsening demand supply imbalance and by that I mean surging demand relative to constrained supply, reflects a mix of factors. Immigration has returned far quicker than expected and is now likely to be around 400,000 this financial year, which is well up from just below 6,000 in the lockdown impact of 2021, and well above the 235,000 net immigration number that had been forecast in last year's October budget. The rapid rebound in immigration over the last 18 months roughly equates to demand for an extra 200,000 dwellings. At the same same time, the supply of new dwellings has slowed with labour shortages, cost increases, problems in construction companies and falling building approvals. As such, we are seeing a renewed surge in the undersupply of Australian housing. This has occurred against the backdrop of a decline in average household size to less than 2.5 people per dwelling through the pandemic, which the RBA has estimated has added around 120,000 households to underlying dwelling demand. This largely had the effect of offsetting the negative impact on demand from the hit to immigration through the pandemic lockdown. Now, of course, average household size could start going up again uh, with rising housing costs, particularly rising rents, but so far this is an unknown. The very tight housing supply situation is reflected in capital city rental vacancy rates, being at a record low of around 1%, and this is leading to a surge in rents. This in turn is likely driving some to seek to buy a property as it's harder to find rental property. Foreign demand for property is reportedly returning, led of course by China, and first-home buyer exemptions from stamp duty in New South Wales and other government support programs will also be boosting demand. Despite the rise in interest rates, listings remain very low, tracking down around 22% from their five-year average, according to CoreLogic, and there's a growing expectation the RBA cash rate is at or close to peaking. So I guess pulling all of those things together suggests that the combination of surging underlying demand driven by immigration, tight supply, low listings, and high 
home buyers motivated by expectations that interest rates may be peaking and the historical record showing prices rebounding quickly after falls, tight rental markets and a fear of missing out appear to be dominating the drag from high interest rates and the slowdown in the economy. As such, our forecast for a top to bottom fall of 15 to 20% for Australian average property prices out to later this year is looking too pessimistic. And we have revised our national average home price forecast for this year from a fall of 7% to flat to up slightly and expect roughly 5% growth next year. This assumes, of course, that the Reserve Bank cuts rates through the next year and that the economy has a soft landing. That said, the risk of another down leg in the property market remains very high. The headwinds facing the property market are significant and likely at least to provide a constrained ride versus past recoveries with the high risk of a resumption of the downswing, putting us back on track for our original forecast of a 15 to 20% top to bottom fall. Now I should point out here our base case is that we've probably seen the bottom and we'll see flat to up growth this year and a 5% or so gain next year, but the risk is significant that we may see another leg down. So that's why it's worth being aware of these risks. The first point to note is that this property cycle has been a bit unusual. Normally it's taken several interest rate hikes to knock property prices down because it takes time to cool demand for unemployment to rise and for distressed sales to increase. However, in this cycle, property prices started to fall immediately when interest rates started to go up in May last year and at a time when the underlying property demand supply situation was tightening and the last three property price upswings from 2009, 2000 2012 and 2019 all required an easing in monetary policy to get underway and right now that still seems a long way away. So maybe the price slump last year ran ahead of itself and what we are seeing now is just a correction leaving open the risk of another down leg as the full dampening impact of higher interest rates flows through to property demand and listings and of course until the RBA ultimately cuts rates providing more fundamental support for the property market. In this regard there is likely significant pain to come from higher interest rates. Household debt servicing payments as a share of income have already risen to their highest in more than a decade and a rise in the cash rate to say 4.1% would see them push to record levels. The Reserve Bank also estimates that 40% of home borrowers have less than three months of prepayment buffers left. 15% variable rate borrowers will have negative cash flow by year end if the cash rate were to rise to say around 3.75% and nearly 900,000 fixed rate mortgages are due to reset to interest rates that are more than double their initial level through this year. With much of this due to occur in this quarter and the next quarter. At the same time, unemployment is likely to rise and household size may rise again due to the surge in rents. This all runs the risk of another hit to buy demand and more distressed sales. While we think that rates are at or close to peaking, cuts are unlikely until later this year at the earliest and the risk of more rate hikes remains high given still high inflation upside risk to wages and RBA concern that very strong population growth will add to inflation. The hit to home buying capacity also remains significant. On our estimates, it's around 27% for a buyer with a 20% deposit and average full-time earnings. In other words, such a buyer would have 27% less capacity to pay for a property than they would have, say, in April last year before interest rates started to rise. So that remains in place. Even if interest rates stop rising, the capacity to pay is far less than it was before those rate hikes started. There was a divergence versus prices in the 2003 to 2008 period when buyer capacity fell as rates rose, but prices rose due to a surge in demand from high immigration levels associated with the mining boom. And that divergence was ultimately eliminated with the rapid rate cuts in the GFC. This time around, we are seeing a similar supply shortfall, but rapid rate cuts are unlikely at this stage anyway. So this is likely to remain an ongoing constraint on buyer demand. Finally, all measures of housing affordability are poor. Despite the fall in 
and prices from their highs still takes over 10 years for someone on average full-time earnings to save for a deposit to buy a average house in Australia versus five years 30 years ago. So the stress trying to get into the property market remains as bad, if not worse, than it ever has been. So in conclusion, given the resurgence in underlying demand and on the back of very high immigration levels and constrained supply, we have revised up our home price forecast, which is not something I feel entirely comfortable with, given the risk from higher interest rates or something that I particularly like, given the very horrible housing affordability situation in Australia. Our base case is now for flat to slightly up prices this year, followed by a 5% rise next year. Sydney, benefit from the surge in immigration and Perth with better housing affordability are likely to lead the way. However, the headwinds of higher interest rates and poor affordability will likely constrain the upswing at the very least, but also mean that there remains a still very high risk, which I would put at around 45% of another down leg in property prices as rate hikes fully impact and the unemployment rate starts to rise. The conflicting forces of higher interest rates and a slowing economy, but chronic, a chronic demand supply imbalance make the property market very hard to read right now with greater than normal uncertainty. I reckon the key things to watch are interest rates. Obviously, if they go up a lot further from here, that would be a major concern. Unemployment, similar story, and auction clearance rates. Um, If you bear in mind that auction clearance rates seem to have led this upswing, so they're always worth keeping an eye on. So I hope that has been of some value. Until we meet again, adios. To keep up to date with Dr. Oliver and the Simplifying Investing podcast series, be sure to subscribe to your favourite streaming platform.